but I've got this question for you and this is the title of my talk and you can ask them with, with complete confidence and a bit of conviction if you can. Are we in a delusional pursuit? Yeah, some of you need to hear that again, right? So just for you guys, we've got it up on the screen and make sure you ask them this question. Are we in a delusional pursuit? Oh, all pursuits are delusion. Thank God for that. I wonder if, okay, this is, this is a true story that has happened with me. I don't know how, how, if it's happened with you guys, okay? Everybody went to school, right? Just checking, just checking, okay? Just checking where, like how do I evaluate this, this talk? How many of you during your school days saw your cousin or somebody, you're like your extended relatives or somebody in your society or building or next to your house, go to college and thought they were living their lives in the fullest? Anybody got that thought? And you had that desire, man, I want to get into college. Anybody? And then you got into college and then, boop, the bubble burst. My goodness, you got loaded with assignments and assignments and assignments and breakups and assignments and... <laughs> oh, no breakups, is it? No breakups. Oh, that time you had to be secret about your dating and all that, right? Oh, frame? Okay. Okay, okay. For all the college students, how many of you remember that cousin of yours who started going to work and you thought, my goodness, this guy, his life is so good. Until you started working and that bubble burst again. Bigger one, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know work had deadlines. I thought deadlines stopped in college. And then you got deadlines upon deadlines and projects upon projects that you have to give into and work upon. And, and all this while, you have been living in this delusion that life starts in college. And then you come to college and then... You, you start living in another delusion that, okay, maybe not college, life starts when I start working. And then you come into this delusion that, okay, now I'm working. And maybe life starts at retirement. Oh, oh, between, between that is marriage. Maybe life starts. Other married couples, shout out. Ravi, you can't shout, is it? <laughs> Ravi's wife is not here. He's back to bachelorhood. And you, s you look happy, right? This is a glow on his face. Hey, this is being recorded, by the way. Uh, Anju likes listening to podcasts, I think. And it's so crazy that we live in these delusions thinking that, okay, when we reach this stage, we reach this stage and things will get better or things will like, you know, maybe not get a bit more worse. And, and I want to kind of bring you back to this question that I asked that sometimes I wonder if your faith life is a delusion. Sometimes I wonder if your, if your pursuit of faith and the pursuit of living a life of right standing with God has become a delusional pursuit. And that's what I want to set this up in the next few minutes. And if you can turn with me to Romans chapter 6, because that's where we're going to be drawing our main text for the evening. Paul has been setting this up so beautifully. If, I, if you remember, I was telling you he spends about 
more than half of his book talking about how you and me are the righteousness of God and what it means for you and me to live a life of righteousness. You guys remember that? For the last few weeks we have been talking about it. And if you see Romans 6, Paul before these few verses takes out a few, a few, few verses to talk about the importance of faith and how you and me can, can start living this new life through water baptism. Right? We had some water baptisms over the last few weeks. Are those guys here? Where's Brian, Hannah, Prem? Monal is not here. Right? These were, what, these were some of our first water baptisms as zealous. I mean, so good. It, I felt like so proud of Prem. <laughs> what? You guys are not proud of Prem? He made his faith public, guys. That's so good. And, and Paul helps the readers to understand the importance of getting water baptized, the importance of starting your new life, not just by confessing your sins and believing in, in, the, in the reality of what the work of Jesus has done for you and me. That's what gets you saved. But, and then Paul goes on further to explain that, hey, now that you have got saved, now that you have put your faith in Christ, you also need to understand the importance of being water baptized. Some of you, you're waiting to live your life I want to encourage you, it's time, maybe it's time, or maybe that time is coming, where you have to start asking your que this simple question. When it comes to faith, are we in a delusional pursuit? Because I, I, I would say this over and over again, and I want to say it again. You can come to Sunday gatherings after Sunday gatherings, and you'll still face the same challenges and the same problems. Anybody been there? I have. You can be one of the most faithful goers to church and still live a defeated life. Or still live a frustrated life. So if you're sitting here experiencing frustration, if you're sitting here experiencing defeat, if you're sitting here thinking and, 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 and kind of knowing that nothing is happening in your life, and you just have to continually come on a Sunday to Sunday and try and kind of make sure that something happens in my life. This talk is for you. This talk is for you because the role of grace plays an important role. The role of grace plays an important stand when it comes to our right standing with God. That's what we concluded last week on. So for the next few, week, uh, next few minutes, I want us to read from this Romans 6, 15. Are we there? We are reading from the Passion Translation. So it's up on the screen. What are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's content since there's no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But what? Paul is saying, choose carefully. For you surrender yourself to become a servant. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, choose carefully. Oh, some of you are not speaking. I, I, we need to get there together, guys. Choose carefully. For you surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master. And it will own you and reward you with what? With death. But if you choose to love and obey God... He will lead you into perfect righteousness. Are you guys with me? Are we good? Let's read on. And God is pleased with you. 
for you in the past were servants of sin but now your obedience is heart deep tonight is going to be a lot of talking is that okay ask the person next to you check your obedience oh you guys are getting tired already is it don't worry there's a lot of iced tea and there's a lot of coffee for you guys but is it okay if we talk for the next few minutes All right, let's do this together, okay? Don't let me do all the talking. Check your obedience. Your obedience is heart deep and your life is being molded by the truth through the teaching you are devoted to. And now celebrate your freedom from your former master's sin. You've left its bondage. And now God's perfect righteousness holds power over you as his loving servants. I've used the familiar terms of a servant and a master to compensate for your weakness to understand for you for just as you surrendered your bodies and souls to impurities and lawlessness which only brought more lawlessness into your life so now surrender yourselves as servants of righteousness which brings you deeper into true holiness For when you were bound as servants to sin you lived your lives free from any obligation to righteousness. So tell me what benefit ensued you from doing those things that you are now ashamed of. It left you with nothing but a legacy of shame and death. But now as God's loving servants you live in joyous freedom from the power of sin. So consider the benefits you now enjoy. and this is the this is the highlight you are brought deeper into the experience of true holiness that ends with eternal life for since mega wages is death but god's lavish gift is life eternal found in your union with the lord jesus the anointed one let's pray god we just pray for this text we pray for everything that we are about to discuss for the next few minutes Holy Spirit we ask you for clarity we ask you God that your presence would continue to minister to every single person in this room and we submit the next few minutes into your mighty hands in Jesus name we pray amen amen one of the best things one of the best gifts that you and me have been given is a freedom of choice do you agree with that Freedom of choice is one of the best gifts Jesus gives humanity. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Freedom of choice is one of the best gifts Jesus gives humanity. If you've ever wondered, man, this God is so cruel. Jesus is so strict and so stubborn sometimes. Well, read the Bible and I'm sure your thoughts would change. Because if you if you read through the through the beginning of the Bible, God has always given humanity a choice. You guys don't believe that, is it? I'm not making this up. The statements where God quotes, I give, I present before you life and I present before you death. And then what does he say? He says, choose life. So he, it's a suggestion. He's not enforcing it on anybody. 
He says, choose. And, and Paul is kind of, I think Paul is kind of, you know, read that part and, and he's encouraging the, these guys to say, choose carefully. So, and most of the things, if you, if, you, if you have ever started reading the Bible, have you? Hey, just checking, okay. It's good, it's good to check, right? Right, where we stand on our Bible reading game. See, if you read the Bible, you'll come across this one simple truth that obedience is expected from God. Right? Obedience is a command in some cases. But, but here's the thing that, that we sometimes miss out on. Obedience is a command from God, but the response to that obedience is a choice. Everybody say it's a choice. The response to that obedience is a choice that you and me have to make. And, okay, let me give you another example. We talk the entire message of the, of, of the gospel, the entire message of, of Christian faith is so that people can, one of the greatest emphasis is moving people from, from death unto life, right? Getting saved, right? You, you, you hear this so much if you've gone into any church. You need to be saved. Have you heard that? Anybody hearing it for the first time? No? Right, okay. I'm talking to the right people. Our salvation and new life in Christ is an outcome of a life transformational choice that, that you and me make to put your faith and our, uh, to put our faith and trust in Jesus. So putting your trust and faith in Jesus is also a what? A choice. So Jesus, Paul is helping these guys, re reminding them the importance of choosing carefully. For that matter, for the past few weeks, we have been talking about right living and right standing. A pursuit of right standing and right living with God is also a choice that you and me make. Right? Anybody feels right standing is being enforced on you? It's a choice. It's a choice. And, and the point that I'm trying to drive is, you know, God has given humanity a choice. And it's up to you. Can you say this to yourself? It's up to me. Oh, some of you. Come on, man. Let's not, get the, let's not kill the energy in the room. It's up, to me. it's up to me. It's up to me to choose wisely. And that's why Paul is, Paul is reminding these guys and telling them, choose carefully. You and me are surrounded with so many choices. Let's be real. It starts from Swiggy, Zomato, Uber Eats, Uber Auto, Uber Moto, Uber this, Uber that. Right? What world are you guys living in? No. Food Panda. What? Oh, Benji just dropped a wisdom bomb. Uber, uh, Zomato acquired Uber Eats, right? Oh, nice. Okay. Am I talking to the same people who use these apps? Come on, let's be real. You and me are surrounded with so many choices. And, and, and when, we, when we look at the grace of God, I love how this passage starts. So just because the law does not, ex uh, does not apply to us, does that mean that we should not sin anymore? I want to tell you this truth. The grace of God teaches us to be careful and not careless with our choices. The grace of God teaches us to be careful and not careless with our choices. So it's important for you and me to understand a bit more about the principle of the grace of Jesus. Now some of you would have heard this, but I want to kind of remind us again. Grace is what? God's unmerited favor. Remember the song? I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. 
Remember that? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is God's merited favor. Grace is... Right? That's the truth of, of how you and me can relate to this principle of grace. And, and here's the thing, right? In, in my early days of Christian life, it took, it took a lot for me to understand this, this principle. Can I, can I share about my life a bit when it comes to grace? I, I learned this principle long time back. Like there are certain things that you get in your head, right? But it takes a lot of time for that to get to your heart. Anybody been on that journey? Intellectually, you know it. You can code it. But somewhere in your heart, you don't believe it. So a long time back, I, you know, a lot of steps. Okay, before we go there, if you have ever encountered Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know this principle. A lot of steps and situations got you, that, got you to that point. Am I right? Right? From someone who had no idea about who God is and who Jesus is and what he has done for humanity, everybody had to go through a journey, right? Everybody had to go and encounter some experiences where you came to a point where you finally made a choice to put your faith and your trust in Jesus, right? Now, now here's the thing. This is, this is what I'm trying to drive. A few years back, when, when I was involved in doing a lot of missions and helping people understand about the reality of Jesus and what God has done for humanity, I came across this amazing concept called the Ingle Scale. I don't know how many of you know it, but I've got, I put this up on the screen. You can just click a picture and, and maybe it'll help you. How many of you love maths? Right. I'm talking to the right audience. Woo! I love maths! No. Uh, but we all have learned the numeric scale, right? You know about that? Minus 10, minus 9, minus 8, minus 7, minus 6, and goes on to zero, right? And that's what this, this Ingle scale talks about. Minus 8 is awareness of a supreme being, but no effective knowledge of the gospel. Okay, this is, this is like a journey of an individual. Nobody knows this. A very few people might know about this. Initial awareness of the gospel is minus seven. And kind of, you know, then somebody meets you along the journey. And then you hear about the gospel. And then you start, hey, you know what? Maybe there is a God. Right? Oh, maybe I think Jesus is that God. Oh, uh, maybe I think he really loves humanity. Oh, maybe I think I should try Jesus for myself and kind of, check, kind of check this out. How many of you have been through this journey? Am I the only one? Come on, guys. Right? We all go through this journey where we know more about Jesus and what he has done for us. Until you come to this point, minus one, it talks about repentance and faith in Christ. And then comes zero. Everybody say Zero is where you have the born-again experience and you become a new creation because of your faith and your trust in Jesus. Are we good so far? Right? And this is where Paul is talking to these Roman guys. Some of them, or most of them, have reached zero. Now, I don't know, I'll leave it up to you where you stand on this journey of life. Want to do a quick evaluation? This is, this is your time. Where you stand. Minus 9, minus 8, minus 7. 
Oh, don't shout out the answers. It's just for you to know. But zero is the place where you and me know this for sure, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I have professed Him. I have declared Him that He is the one true living God who I have put my faith and my trust in. And for the next whatever number of years that I'm alive, I'm going to believe in Him. I'm going to follow His commands and I'm going to obey everything He asked me to obey. That's what happens at zero and as you progress. But let's be real. How many of you also know that we go back to minus? Wow, am I talking to a bunch of saints like who have never know the concept of backsliding? It's quite possible because of our choices and because of our lifestyles, it's quite possible to fall back. On those, on, those, on those minuses again, right? And, and that's what happened with me. And, and you know, the, the, the wonderful part is we hear about these concepts of the love of God. We hear about the peace of God. We hear about the joy that you get in the presence of God. We hear about the blessings that are there in the presence of God. But all of that stays to listening and hearing. Can I challenge you tonight? Move away or move just from the posture of listening and hearing to experiencing. That's where the game changer, that's the game changer by the way. You and me gather here not just to hear good things. You and me gather here not just to listen to, to some guy who gets up and, and kind of shouts in the mic and asks you to say some things back at me. You and me are here to experience the tangible, real presence of God. And the game changer is where you, me, just become so immune to certain things that, I mean, come on, how many of you have heard this a billion times? Jesus loves you. But how much time did it take for, for that simple statement to move from your head to your heart? Three years, five years, a decade, 20 years. Anybody want to experience something special tonight? Not, not, because, not because of what's happening over here, but because what God wants to do in your heart. Show of hands, if, if, if anybody wants to experience the power and the presence of Jesus, let me tell you where the game changer is. Grace of Jesus is transformational. It's not just something that educates you. It's not just something that, that kind of, oh, I know more about the grace of Jesus. Knowing is a different thing, my friends. Believing and experiencing it is a game changer. And here's what happened to me. For, the, for a long time, and some of you know this, for a long time, see, I, I pretty much for the last, what, 20 years or so, I've grown up in church life. And when you grow up in church, you know how to play church. Am I talking to somebody tonight? When you grow up in church, you know how to play church. Because you know exactly when to say what to say. You know exactly how to respond. How, uh, and, and when somebody greets you, you know exactly what your next statement, your response is going to be. Because you have done this so good. And, and, but deep down inside, you know the struggles and you know the challenges and the battles that you, you are facing. Can we, can we be real for the next few minutes? So I was good at playing church because I was involved in the worship team. I was involved in, in leading worship, 
Benji and me, we have done life and what, for the, for the past more than 12 years, we, we used to play together as well. And, and it, that journey, right, it, it gives you another kick, another, another excitement where you just get immune to doing, 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 and not being. You stop being real because you're just so focused on doing. You stop you get so immune to the, to the concept of the presence of God that you think, oh my goodness, that's just another concept. I need to focus on what I need to do. Oh, you're going to let me preach alone tonight, is it? Pornography played a massive role in my life. And that was something that was pulling me down. And down and down. But you know, the messed up part is, we're so good at hiding these things, right? God, you know it. Why do I need to confess it and, and share it with other people? And, and it was killing me from inside. Now, I know everybody has their own set of struggles, but all of that can be met. Can, can, we can come to a solution when we understand the grace and the presence of Jesus. But for me, I had become so immune to the concept of grace by just listening and not experiencing that I thought nothing can, can, can have, nobody needs to know this. How many of you have said that to yourself? Nobody needs to know what I'm struggling with tonight. I mean, we're so good at doing this. I, I can just get away. It's just a matter of, of going to church for three hours, four hours, five hours. I can fake it for five hours. But deep down inside, you're struggling. Deep down inside, it's getting a grip over you. Those very things that you're allowing, they're taking you towards death, just like as Paul says. And that's what was happening with me. Unless, until, until, this, one, until this one moment that I, I still remember so clearly and so vividly, because I gave myself an opportunity to experience and not just listen. And that's what I'm trying to get everybody to. When I understood and gave myself an opportunity to experience the unconditional, the unmerited favor of Jesus over my life, the grip of pornography left me. And, 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 and maybe you're sitting over there thinking that, okay, for you it's not, porn, it's not porn, for you it's something else. That you have been allowing those things and those very situations and circumstances to take hold of you, to take grip of you. And that's exactly what Paul is telling you. Choose carefully. Choose carefully how much you allow sin to work in your life. Choose carefully how much you allow other preferences and other voices to speak into your life. Because it will lead you towards death if it's not from God. And so... After, after getting addicted to this for the, for the longest time I could ever remember, there have been times and moments where I have like, I think, man, it can't change. I think I just need to live on with life. And, and the change really happened when I, it was this one simple principle that I allowed. The grace of Jesus has a power to set you free. Now, some of you have heard this. But can I, can, I, can I ask you to step back a bit and then step forward and hear this again. And this time, don't just listen to it. Tell your heart, your soul, and your mind to experience it. Can everybody say experience it? 
The grace of Jesus has the power to transform your life and every situation, every struggle that you're battling with sitting here right now. See, because if you're living your life knowing about faith, hearing about faith, talking about faith, but not experiencing faith, you are in a delusional pursuit. If you know about grace, if you've been hearing about grace for donkey years, if you've been hearing about amazing grace, how sweet the sound. We're so good at singing it. When was the last time you experienced that song? For your heart. If the grace of Jesus is not leading you towards holiness and away from sin, you have not encountered grace in its fullness. The grace of Jesus leads you towards holiness and it leads you away from sin. I'm not saying it. Paul is saying it. As you pursue the right standing of God, the outcome is a life of holiness. And, and I know we, we kind, of, kind of think this, this word is so big, man, and I can't even approach it. Anybody felt that way? I want to talk to you guys. It's only because once upon a time, I felt I can never be holy enough. But who defines it? Certainly we get this messed up because we start defining holiness according to our cultural norms and our, our cultural standards. And this is where things get messed up. And I'll give you an example of that as we, as we move on. But I want you to know this. And if you're writing down, you can write this down. Grace in its fullness leads you to complete freedom, right living, and holiness. Complete freedom, right living, and holiness. That's an outcome. But I want to give you a bit of a history lesson so that I can drive this point home for all of us. Because by the end of this, by the end of this session, I really want every single person in this room to experience the grace of Jesus in your situations, in your life. Not just hear or listen. If, I mean, come on, let's be real. If you want to listen, if you want to hear, there are so many better places out there to go and listen to things. But if you truly want to experience the grace of God, I'm taking you somewhere. And, and Paul, in this text, is giving a brilliant example of a master and a servant. Did you, did you read that part? When we were reading Romans 6, 15 to 23? And just to give you a bit of a context, Paul is writing during a time where, where slavery existed in the Roman culture. Stats say, statistics say that about one third of the Roman population were slaves. 30%, 30 to 35% of the Roman population were slaves. And, and here's the thing, okay, before you go and start visualizing, before you go ahead and start visualizing, here's the, here's the messed up part when we try to read the Bible from a cultural context. Now, because the reason I say that is when you and me think of this word slavery, we've got some of these images in our mind. Can you help me with a pen? We've got some of these images in our minds because we have read about this, we have studied about it, we have researched, we have done all of this. And these are the images when, it, when we hear these concepts of slavery, right? We hear about the, the 16th, 17th century as to what happened, 
between the between the black people and the white people and it was bad and 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 there's so many things that go around it and and when we when we hear about slavery in today's context we we think about slavery from this concept bonded labor child labor sex trafficking human trafficking those are the experiences or those are the reference points when we hear the word slavery am i right but paul when he was writing to the roman audience at that time it was a totally different context and i want to drop another side on a side note i want to leave a principle with you don't interpret the bible based on cultures we will always have a limited understanding because cultures change the word of god is constant the word of god is constant and so i want to help you understand when paul is using the, the 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 lingo of a master and a slave he's trying to communicate something very important that's going to help you and me realize the importance of freedom and grace in our lives are you guys with me so far because i want to close with this paul helps draw a few parallels between the relationship between a master and a slave see because you will either be a that's what this what the scripture says you'll either be a servant or a slave to god or you be a servant and a slave to man now i know in in the 21st century we don't like talking um nanad what does that mean i need to be a slave to christ i mean we can't digest that 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 statement right but what if paul is not just telling you the statement what it looks like but, but there's a deeper profound meaning for you and me to understand the dynamics between a master and a servant and that's what we're going to conclude with if you if you help me your bodies and my bodies have been purchased by god do you agree with me on that when jesus died on the cross he didn't die just for your eternal life he didn't die just for your soul he died for your physical bodies as well and that's why we we some some of us have quoted this verse that by his stripes we are healed where in our bodies so in uh, paul not in the book of romans but in first corinthians chapter 6 in these two verses this is what paul helps saying if neeraj was here he would have probably jumped up on his seat because he loves this verse and this is what he says have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you you don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift for the gift of god the holy spirit lives inside your sanctuary and this is the best part you were god's what cheap expensive purchase paid with tears of blood so by all means then use your body to bring what glory to god some of you need to hear this Paul is helping these guys to understand the dynamics of an exclusive ownership between Christ and his people. Your bodies and my bodies have been purchased by the sacrifice, the death of Jesus. So we are need to again Paul is saying, right, choose carefully how we treat our bodies. Choose carefully how you deal. And so the first principle that he's trying to drive is exclusive ownership. That means what? Our bodies are not our own, they belong to God. Oh, some of you are not going to like this, right? Nenal, I thought when I got saved, I have the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Well, maybe 
But your bodies are not your own. They belong to God. <clears throat> the second principle, if you, if you see the relation between a master and a servant, is of complete submission. Have you ever come across a guy who's working for a boss and doesn't like submission? Yes. Colonel would know it better. But Colonel, let me ask you this question. Does that person stay for a long time? In that, in that whatever setting it is? There you go. <laughs> They're trying to kick him out. Complete submission. You only understand this principle when you give yourself to work under somebody's authority. Right? Let's be real. We hate submission. Oh, you guys are saints. Is it you love submission? You love everything. You obey every order that Whipping Abraham gives you. All the setup team, show of hands. Deep down inside, we don't like it. We don't like being corrected. We don't like being taught. We don't like because it affects our ego. Let's be real. But Paul is saying, if you want to pursue a life of perfect righteousness, if you want to know the relationship between Jesus and you, you need to get this concept in your mind of complete submission. So we just don't live according to our own preferences. We live according to God's purpose. I like that one. We don't live according to your preferences. We live according to God's purpose. The next thing he helps understand is between a master and a servant, there's always a singular devotion. You need to be committed to one person. When you get married, you'll know the, the importance of that. Right? Benji, goodbye all the flings. I mean, I say that to myself as well. You're just the first married guy like I came. I mean, Rural, Ravi, the recently married guy. Come on, have you ever been tempted after getting married? My goodness, this guy is like next level. Oh, okay, okay. So far, he's recording. That, that video has gone to Anju. But come on, let's be real, guys. You'll understand this concept in this way so better when Jesus talks about in Matthew 6 24 there's a verse where Jesus tells no one can serve two masters for either he will be he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other now I picked up the amplified version for this because it will help you drive the point in a very detailed, specific manner. You cannot serve God and mammon. What does that mean? You cannot serve God and money, possessions, fame, status. And I love this. Whatever is valued more than the Lord, you cannot serve them together. You cannot have a desire to pursue a life of right standing and live in sin. I feel I'm talking to myself now. It's gone so quiet. You cannot long to serve Jesus and do whatever you think like doing whenever you think like doing it. Singular devotion. Choose your master carefully. 
last thing he says total dependence and and this is this is where we this is where we all struggle so much in spite of all the promises like a few few hours back a few few a few minutes back we were singing about how god is a waymaker how he is the one who's give us who's going to give us a miracle who's going to give us a breakthrough and how many of us have been in this place where where we have sung out sung our lungs out in faith and then when you walked out you walked out with the reality of your situation and that's what paul is helping them understand the importance of total dependence that jesus is our source our your resources are not your source your job is not your source your your security your bank balances every your possessions that you own they are not your source they are your resources they are your what they are your resources jesus is your source so i don't want to overload you with too much content but here's what i'm trying to get you at i spoke about experiencing grace you cannot experience grace unless you allow these things to take effect in your life exclusive ownership complete submission singular devotion total dependence see because you and me have been on this journey where at times whether it's by intention or unintentionally we have taken the grace of god for granted and that's exactly what paul is trying to help everybody remind them and help them understand that taking the grace of god taking the grace of christ for granted is living your life in a delusional pursuit taking the grace of god for granted is giving room for sin to be a master and start calling the shots for your life all again over all over again and taking the grace of god for granted is going back into bondage shame and guilt the very things that you and me have been set free from do you understand what's happening church do you understand what paul is helping them realize that choose carefully can you say that again choose carefully choose carefully how you decide to live your life after you have given your life to christ now i know some of you are still seeking some of you are still searching but i want to maybe this is coming to you well in advance so that you can make a choice a better choice choose carefully so can i just say this let's not fool ourselves and give in to a grace of god that is delusional see because grace is a higher standard we think the law is gone grace is a higher standard can everybody say it's a higher standard it's a higher standard and and the best thing is you don't need to do it in your own strength you got jesus you got the holy spirit to help you in the journey of right living and right standing so maybe there's some of us in this room that you need to allow the grace of god to not just redeem your past but transform your future not just redeem your past but transform your future and that kind of grace you have to experience it you can't just listen you can't just hear about it you can't just 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 mumble about it you can't just talk about it you need to what you need to experience it 
So am I, am I talking to people who are willing to experience the grace of God in a fresh manner tonight? Am I talking to somebody who, who's saying, Ninad, I'm done taking the grace of God for granted. I'm done living my life the way I was living it because of my preferences. I want to live according to His purpose and not my preferences. It's a commitment. It's ex- you are giving exclusive ownership to the creator of the entire universe. You're giving singular devotion to the God who loves you unconditionally. So if you're wondering, I don't know man, I think this is too much of an ask. Maybe it is. But can I say, you'll never go wrong with this decision. So allow the grace of God, not just to redeem your past, but to transform your future. That's God's perfect righteousness for you and for me. I want to talk for the next few minutes if you have been sitting here to experience the grace of God. It's okay if you have been tired in this walk. It's okay if you have been frustrated in this walk. It's okay if you have almost given up in this walk. But if you can just allow yourself to hear or rather just experience the grace of God, I want to encourage you, your flourishing is coming. Your change is coming. Your breakthrough is coming. Your new life is coming. If you can just allow to experience the grace of God. So if if that's you, can I ask you to just be bold, be unashamed and just stand up to your feet because we're going to believe God for a fresh experience of grace in your heart tonight. If that's you, I want to encourage every single person in this room to stand up because it's not What we do is not what we say, but it's what God does and what He says over your life. It's what He says over your life. You're chosen. You're accepted. You're loved. You're forgiven. That's your true identity. But can I encourage you tonight, above everything else, if you have been waiting on that change for a long time, if you have been waiting on that breakthrough for a long time, if you have been waiting on giving up that lifestyle for a long time, if you have been waiting for a breakthrough in your situation, in your circumstances, can I encourage every single person in this room to just lift up your hearts, lift up your hands and receive and experience the goodness and the grace of God that is flowing in this place tonight. The presence of God brings the grace of God. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.